I'm your host, Tia Wilson, and this is No Thanks in Advance. Hello, and welcome to No Thanks in Advance. I'm so excited to be here with my friend, Brian Pyatt. Brian, say hi. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> I'm so glad you're here with me today. Um, so just kind of a little background on you so everyone knows who you are. Um, Brian is a former Minneapolis news anchor and reporter, currently pursuing a graduate degree in mental health counseling. He is also the co-founder of a platform called The Refresh Network, which is aimed at creating safe spaces for people to talk about mental health. Brian lives with OCD, and he's also a yoga and a meditation teacher. So just kind of awesome all around. (laughs) (laughs) You make me sound so cool. I like that. No, you are cool. (laughs) And I I was so excited to talk to you today because I feel like you have courage in spades and regularly practice vulnerability. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about those with you because neither of those are easy things to do. Yeah, yeah, they're... They're um they're not easy. That's so true. But I think it's there. There's two things that are so so important to to dive into and discuss and explore. And so um I'm just honored that you asked me to be a part of this. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you just made kind of a major career move, right? Um, and decided to go back to school, which I think yeah. takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Like, tell us about that. Yep. So I I just wrapped up about 10 years of working for a TV station here in Minneapolis. I did did a number of things there from anchoring to reporting to producing and, um, you know, kind of like from the outside looking in, right, kind of looked like I had it all together and I was on this path Mm -hmm. to being there for for a really, really, really long time. And um, I've just made a decision that, you know, I think I've kind of outgrown that phase of my life a little bit and I've really, really passionate about, about mental health and have been doing a lot of mental health advocacy over the last couple of years, especially opening up and sharing my own story. And I've just felt really yeah. cool to, to take that next step of going to school and, and, you know, and exploring what it would look like to, to be a therapist at some point down the road. And it's just a big leap of faith for sure. But um, yeah. I feel much more in line with myself now, which is, which has been a, a pretty beautiful process. That is beautiful. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of different fears because you're leaving so much uncertainty (laughs) to go towards something with uncertainty. But like you said, you know, there's, there's so much beauty there when it is something that makes you feel more like yourself. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, it it was a, you know, it's funny. We were, I was just having this conversation with a, a friend that, you know, we, it's so easy to stay stuck in jobs and in situations just because of things like a paycheck, you know, and, and making a living. And those things are really, really important. Um, right. But it, it, you know, so it was scary to think of kind of letting some of that stability go uh, to really chase after something that, that I feel just like I really want to be doing with my life. And so it was a, it was a huge leap of faith. I'd gotten really, really close to doing it a number of times. And I think this time it was finally like, we just got to do it. We got to just, just go for it and kind of trust that, um, what do they always say? Take the leap and, and trust that the the net will appear. And so I'm yeah waiting yeah. for the net. I'm just, I'm, I'm in, in the process of leaning into the net. So what do you feel like makes this time different? Like what was it yeah. that made it so you could leave this time? You know what happened a number of times and I, I would, I knew internally for a really, really long time that, um, TV news 
and and particularly like the news side of it of talking about really um, you know crime and and heavy things like that that is really immersed in the news. I knew for a really long time that that just did not align for me. Like that that just was hmm. not um, not in alignment with my values or just kind of like what I felt like I was meant to be doing. And I I, I would get to these points where I was going to make a change. And I, and I would always make the mistake of talking to too many people about it. So I would say like, mm. you know, I'd go have a conversation with so many different people about, um, Hey, I think I want to make a change. I think I want to leave my job. I think I want to do this. And, and I would always get so um, flooded with all these reasons why I shouldn't do it. Right. Like, you know, right. but how are you going to pay the bills and how are you going to do this health insurance? You know, like all these like logical questions that come from people right. for very well intentioned and all very, very valid things. And, um, but I would get so blasted with those things that I would kind of leave that process going like, oh, you know what, they're right. Like I need to just play it safe here and kind of go back to, to doing this job. And this time I, I made it a very conscious choice to not talk about it with many people. <laughs> I talked about, mm. I, I processed with, you know, a couple of, a couple of people in my life. Um, and, and I didn't talk about it with a ton of people. And I just really tried to like, listen to that inner kind of that inner voice and that inner knowing of, um, like, what do I want? Not whether other people want right. it, but like truly what do I want? And I think that was, that was, that was huge. I think that was, that was what probably kind of pushed me to the point of actually following through with it this time. I love that. I think especially in the realm of mental illness, it can be hard to trust your uh, gut and yourself uh, to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. I feel like I've one thing I've had to employ is advice fast, where like for a solid week I won't take any advice on yeah. any subject from Google, from friends. Um, to try to like tune back into that inner sense that I do know what I want, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because we're just flooded with so many opinions and advice from all angles. And like you said, well-intentioned 99% of the time. Yeah. But that's really incredible. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it, and I I almost said that with a, a, a caveat there when I said like listening to my intuition because I – I, I know what a struggle that is for for all of us that do live with things like OCD and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I actually always hate hearing that because I'm like, I don't know yeah. what <laughs> that is. I don't know how to figure that out. Um, right. But so I, yeah. So when I say that, I, I mean, it's not like some, that, that's a process. I guess I'll just say it's such a process yeah. of learning how to um, listen to that intuition or that inner knowing, but also know that like at the end of the day, do we ever really 100% know? Like probably not, you know, and there's, we have to kind of not get too hard on ourselves about that. Yeah. Right. And if we kind of just waited until we did know, I mean, I wouldn't do anything ever, (laughs) you know, Yeah. have to take those little leaps and sometimes you'll be wrong and sometimes you'll be right. But yeah, you have to do follow things with action, which I think you're doing so so well it's seriously such a major move and i'm that's incredible well thank you Um, yeah and i'm sure you kind of are in this kind of in-between stage as you're facing that uncertainty and getting into school have you started school yet yep so i'm just actually coming up on the end of my first semester so i started back in may so i'm almost done with my first semester i have a Turns out in grad school, there's a lot of work at the end of every semester. So I'm <laughs> in the midst of like all these like big projects and things like that that I have to get done. But um, well, I'm honored yeah. you still came on. Hey, <laughs> of course. Any anything for you? I, I it's so um it's so fun to just be able to like sit down and talk to you. I think this is kind of the first time I know to, is it not? to actually sit down and chat chat for like an extended period of time. 
It's so fun. Yeah, we've been kind of Instagram pals for a while now, maybe yep. a year, maybe well, less. Probably been about that. Yeah, I remember, yeah, you had reached out, I think it, it probably was about a year ago after like some, I think a video that I put out or something like that. And yeah, you're such a, you're such a breath of fre- like fresh air and all the all the work that you're doing. Well, thank you. I think the same about you. I love having, I think that's been my favorite thing about this podcast is getting to know people who I know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but haven't really got the chance to talk to you and kind of hear some of your stories. And I mean, kind of, I guess, speaking of Instagram, you posted recently about the messy middle. And I feel like that's yeah. really, that's kind of where you're at, you know, as you're going through this uncertain period of school and trying to, you yes. know, figure things out. Do you want to kind of define yeah. What, how you would define the messy middle? Yeah. I think, I think that we, we put so much pressure on ourselves in society to, to try to, to have things figured out, you know, like I need to figure out that relationship before I can fully enter into it, or I need to figure out my career and the direction that I want to go with that. Um, you know, there, there's so, there's such a push towards like, reaching certainty, I think before, um, before we can do all the things in in our life that we really want to do. And, and I think those are beautiful pursuits. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom in those things for sure. But I also know that for me, um, the magic and the healing and like the, the real beauty, I think for me comes when I allow myself to like, not have the answer and kind of sit in that messy middle of like, Mm. you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, because it, it it's messy in there, right? And and we don't always as yeah. like to feel messy or uncomfortable or kind of um, a little clunky. I've heard people describe it as. But I think if we sit around all day and we try to wait for ourselves to have the certainty and you know have all of our um, you know T's crossed and our eyes dotted, I think we miss out on so much life. And and I I, yeah. I always come back to that, whether it's um honestly one of the areas that that's really, really served me is relationships. Cause I tend to mm. I tend to really, really struggle with um putting a lot of pressure on myself to to figure out my relationships and you know really romantic or not romantic to be honest but especially kind of in the romantic realm, right? Like really trying to I need to find the right one before I can um, right. Live my life and that sort of thing. And, 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 and I, I found that messy middle of just like, man, I, I don't need to have all the answers. I can just lean in and kind of en- enjoy the experience for what it is. Um, I come back to that all the time, just the, the messy mm-hmm. middle. And I think it's just such a, it's such a good thing to, I think, just let other people know. Cause we're all like walking around. I feel like with this yeah. figure stuff out. And it's like, what if, what if life isn't about figuring it out and, and more about just kind of getting a little bit more comfortable with the the feeling of not having the answer. Hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I, one of the things, the phrases you said in that video that really stood out to me is just the showing up anyway. Yeah. yeah. Sitting yep. in that middle and showing up because that's where life happens. Like you said, I, I was just thinking the other day about, um, I feel like we hear a lot of messaging about follow your passion. Yes. And I think that's great. But the problem is there's, hardly anyone I feel like has a hundred percent certainty in their one singular passion in life. Yep. And we'll often try to you know, fit ourselves into that box and try to find it and feel that messiness when we don't. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, if we think about through history, all the passionate people who went on and changed the world, they often had lots of passion projects and they yeah. shifted and they did careers they didn't like. And then they, you know, later on, this, you know, there's just, 
yeah. life is messy. And I think the more we, like you said, the more we're able to embrace and sit with that, the yeah. funner it is. Cause it's no fun if you're only trying to get out of that. Cause I yeah. don't know that I ever will. <laughs> no, I know. I, and it, it, um, so I, I don't know if you do like, do you like Glennon Doyle? Yes. I guess yes. I should ask if you've heard of Glennon Doyle first, but Glennon Doyle. Um, so I had the opportunity, actually, it, this is going to sound like I'm name dropping. I promise I'm not trying to name drop. <laughs> like she, I had the chance to interview her like a, a couple of years oh, ago, wow. in my, in my job at, um, at care 11. And it was, I actually didn't really know who she was at the time, but I was doing, um, I was doing this little segment for our morning show where I would like ask people, like, if you could tell somebody one thing to start their day, like, what would it be? And I would, I would record these little video things and put them out there. And, and I interviewed her for that. And, and I, her one thing that she said that she would tell people was that um, she, she told me, she said, the people that are doing the, the, the best work out there in the world that she's seen are the people who are showing up before they are ready. And yeah. so, you know, she said, like, just allow yourself to feel messy, allow yourself to feel confused to like not have all the answers, but just do your best to like show up anyway. And that has always, always stuck with me. I actually have like a bracelet that I wear every single day that says allow and show up on it. Um, and it's, love that. it's like one of my, it's one of my favorite mantras, I think to come back to, I, and I always draw upon that in like, um, I struggle a lot with like social anxiety. That's always been a real mm-hmm. struggle for me. And I, that helps me so much when I'm like, I, I know it would be so helpful for me right now to go out and connect with people, but I'm having all this anxiety. But if I just come back to this idea of like, allow myself to feel anxious, and just show up anyway, like show up for coffee, like show up for dinner yeah. with friends and just allow myself to be messy. I think it just kind of takes some of the pressure off, you know, and, it, and it's still hard, but um, it kind of gets us out of our own way, I think, in a sense, too. It just like allows life to flow as opposed to like us just not showing up and kind of cutting off all the opportunities that could happen on the other side if we just showed up. Right. Well, and it's funny, too. It's kind of ironic because that that inaction is the decision. And half the time, you know, we're not wanting to make the decision to show up and we end up unintentionally making the decision not to, (laughs) Yep. you know, that's so true. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That, and that quote, she said, just gave me chills. That's incredible. Isn't that? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll send you the video. She, it was, Oh, please. Yeah. Like I remember when she said it, I was just like, I don't think you there. That's like the perfect thing. I think to tell somebody you're like, that's the end of this segment forever. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) you're retiring the segment now. That's all that (laughs) you've peaked. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Well, so what do you think the role of courage is in accepting and showing up? Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought about this after you told me that we were going to talk about courage and I, um, I think courage sometimes gets, we kind of have this idea, I feel like in, in society that like courage is this very like kind of almost like masculine, like go out there and take life by the horns and like, just, I, I feel like it's a very, can be looked at as like kind of this, like, um, I don't know if masculine is the right way to describe that, but just um, kind of like hard edge kind of energy. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think I truly believe that that courage to me, like some of the most courageous people that I see, I think courage is having is is being willing to feel whatever it is that you are feeling in this moment. 
like giving yourself permission to feel that um, and like showing up for life with that stuff along for the ride. And then I think if we take it like a step further, allowing yourself to like let other people see that. So like asking somebody, asking somebody for um, like texting a friend and saying, I'm having a really tough day over here. I think that to me, that's like the definition of courage, I think is like truly allowing yourself to be seen um, when, when we're in those spaces, I think is, is some of the most like courageous work that we can do. That's beautiful. And I mean, especially given what you do, all the mental health advocacy and the fact that you've shared your own story mm. in that, mm-hmm. I think you're so good at finding that space where you're having the courage to, to be, and to let other people see you being, mm. um, it's such, it's such a vulnerable work. And I'm, I'm so curious what, in, what kind of inspired you to foster that vulnerability? Like what inspires you to have that level of. Yeah. Yeah. Vulnerability. I think, um, I think watching enough Oprah throughout my life has probably made me do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I always like about that, but I, I, I just think I have, um, I don't know. I I've gotten asked that question a lot actually. And I, and I hear that. It's funny. I hear that a lot from people like, Oh, you're, you're always so vulnerable and you're always so real. And like, how do you do that? I don't know. I just think, I think I just believe at my depths that, um, it's not our job to like fix people or it's not our job to have all the answers for people. I think one of the, sorry, and I'm sorry if you're hearing my dog out there in the, in my dog's, oh, you're okay. voice, but, um, <laughs> But, but I think truly allowing people to, um, to just like, like letting people in on truly what we're going through sometimes and like being willing to, to say, um, I struggle with this, or this is really hard for me, I think gives everybody else around us like an opportunity to just like take a deep breath and be like, oh my gosh, like me too. You know, like I I don't have, I don't have to be acting like I have it all pulled together 24 seven. I think, I think way too many of us are like walking around feeling like we're the only ones that struggle that are struggling and that everybody else has it figured out. At least that's, that's a dynamic Mm -hmm. that I know I've really struggled with throughout my life. Kind of like, why am I having such a hard time with anxiety or, you know, OCD or whatever it is that I'm going through? Um, You know, everybody else has it all pulled together. Why can't I be more like them? And I, and I think we are, I think that's one of the biggest myths that, that, that we experience sometimes as humans. And so I just think like being, vulnerable is just trying to like extend those little like olive branches to other people that um it's okay to be human it's okay to be having a hard day that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you that just means like you know you're human you're breathing so right. I, I think that's like always been like what motivates me to do to to do that and to share i love that has there been anyone in your life who has been the person to extend that olive branch to you mm-hmm. like their vulnerability mm-hmm. has provided that space for you yeah I think, um, I'm trying to think <laughs> literally, I, I don't know if you, my dog is literally like coughing up a, a lung. <laughs> but he, just, he likes to interject on, on these conversations. So we'll just, <laughs> do that. but, uh, I, I, what I, what comes to my mind right away with that is I don't know that I have a lot of tangible examples one-on-one in my life of, of somebody that is like, has done that in a really impactful way. But I, what I do know is just literally watch like, like watching content that's put out there into the world when people open up and share their stories publicly, I think is, mm-hmm. has always had a really, really deep impact on me. I've always been very, very inspired by people who, 
um, use their platform to like express their humanness and to like say, you know, Hey, I might be this person that like appears to have it all pulled together, but like, I actually, this is actually the reality of what I'm going through. Um, I, I've always found that to be so powerful. And there's been so many people, you know, throughout the years where I've heard those stories. And I think hearing enough of people doing that is kind of what made me want to do that. You know, when I was able to use like my platform here in Minneapolis to, to open up and, and talk about my own story. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I, I so agree. I feel like I can't think of maybe specific examples either, but just the community at large, like especially the OCD yeah. community has provided so much of that. I love yep. the spaces that social media has opened for yep. those discussions. And it's such a love hate relationship that I have with social media. Uh huh. Right. You know, I'm sure you can relate to this where I, totally. I, there's, there are days where I'm like, I would be so much healthier without it. Mm-hmm. But then I also remember the power of how we're able to talk about these things and these intrusive thoughts and, and, and what we're going through on a daily basis and empower people and make people feel connected. And that, that um, you know, coming across people like Chrissy Hodges in the OCD yeah. community was yeah. huge for me when I was really starting to understand what I was, what I was going through. And, um, you know, my friend, Allison Dotson here locally and mm-hmm. all these people, um, Aaron Harvey, um, yeah. You know, like all these people that have like they have been such pivotal people in my in my experience of coming to terms with having OCD and anxiety and all of that. Um, and yet I don't really I mean, I, I know those people now, but I didn't know them back then. Those were like total strangers that were just getting in front of a camera or writing a blog right. about what they're going through. And it was um, it was it was shifting my experience over here in Minnesota. You know, I think that's what's so powerful about about the medium that we have of the internet completely yeah i mean we've even just seen that um kind of playing out the past few days i don't know if you've um been seeing there's been a huge discussion about like pedophilia ocd yeah um and yep. there's been so many courageous people speaking up even in the face of all of these really controversial and mixed and wrong opinions yep. um people are still standing up, which is such a hard and vulnerable and courageous thing to do. And it's been, it's been so bolstering to me in my own journey to be able to see these people like trying to shed that shame that OCD loves Mm -hmm. to bring and speak up when, you know, yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, um, you know, I, it's funny that, um, that theme, I, I've seen a lot of that stuff, um, coming up and I probably, I probably should have used it as more of an exposure to actually go and read up on it. But I feel like I kind of had this like experience of like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to get triggered by it, which is the exact opposite of what we should be doing in recovery. But, um, I, that I, what I will say is that whether it's that theme, um, whether it's harm OCD, whether, whatever it is, is there is, there is so much shame yeah, I mean that's yeah. We could talk for hours about shame. That oh, totally. That, that that's I know for me been the hardest part of of struggling with with OCD is just the shame that that comes with it, and and how incredible that we have a community of people that are willing to speak up and share and and kind of go to bat for people, not not even for their own sake, but for everybody else's sake that are you right. know, that are in the community. I think that's just beyond incredible. Yeah. And I think that ties right back to that vulnerability idea. Like you said, when you're able to extend that olive branch of, Hey, I'm human too. Yep. Um, it helps to release that shame and help people to yes. accept those areas of their life that they might have. I mean, a lot of the things 
I've I've seen OCD advocates post things that I had never admitted out loud. And it just yes. was like such a release of all of this shame. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's why I love the community so much is for that exact reason. There's so, mm-hmm. so much of that. Yeah. I, 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 I'm thinking of a, I don't know what the video was that you, the video that you put out not that long ago, you were like in the ocean or in, you were in, you were in oh, water. Yeah. That I thought the way that you said something in that video that I remember really stuck with me. It was like, um, it was like that fear of like, I don't know if it was like, de- like, like we're quite, or we're, um, we're not honoring like a deep down, like, like we're in denial about something deep down. Or I, I forget how you worded it. I don't oh, yeah, like we, this very well. we don't want to see what's under the waves. Yeah. Keep our head up the whole time. Yeah. I, that, I remember that was such a breath of, it was like such a, like when you talk about a release, I remember hearing that and being like, mm-hmm. yes. That, Cause that's, that's what I feel like my OCD is always coming back to is like, you know, this is a, you're ignoring something that's going on at a deeper level and you need to go deeper to heal that. And it's not just OCD and it's like that, that rhetoric, um, is, is, has sent me down many a rabbit hole over the years of, you know, of trying to quote unquote fix myself. But I, so I, yeah, I just think like little moments like that, right. Like that you can just be scrolling through your, your phone and, and hear one little thing or read one little thing that, that truly, can shift the entire dynamic of your day, of your week, of your month. Yeah. Um, well, and I think the fun thing about that example in particular is that that thought process, because I wrote that poem after thinking about it a lot, but that initial thought that kind of spurred all of that came from, do you know Sean Shinnick? Yes. So yeah. he has this one piece of artwork that kind of shows this, what looks to be a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a it's like i'm trying to remember exactly how it goes i think it was encased in ice and so if you're looking if you're standing on the ice looking it looks super scary Mm. and then if you go underneath the ice he had this huge like glowing heart um yeah and he kind of i remember he did i don't remember who he was with he did a live video talking about that and kind of talking about the way um ocd is like don't look under like it's so scary don't do it and then you do the exposures and you're able to see this like oh this isn't what i thought it was Yes. And I think that, that that's what kind of spurred that thought process that then eventually led to the poem. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's the exact thing you just described, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. From someone else. And just that little shift in mentality. I, I yeah, I love Sean and his something, art. And something anyway. That, um, so, no, I, so something that came up as you were talking about that was I, what, something that I have noticed is that when I get really sucked into if I go through a really intense shame cycle, usually around um, some some sort of intrusive thought or, or kind of theme of OCD, I, I I will go. It's like there's the shame and there's the um, there's the really intense like just awful negative emotion that I you know hate and I'm always trying to avoid. And then I I feel like I'll, then I'll kind of go through this feeling of like wanting to isolate. But what I always mm-hmm. notice, and I shouldn't say always, but I feel like often will notice is that when I let myself go into that, just let myself go into that cycle, I always, there's always like a, a softening that kind of comes on the other side of it for me. Mm-hmm. And again, I said always, doesn't always happen, but like often there's like this softening and this feeling of like actually being more connected to the world around me when I kind of emerge on the other side. And I've always thought that that was like super so beautiful. Like, I feel like we always hear that. Yeah. It's so poetic. A lot. Well, a lot of those like nuggets of wisdom, I feel like do happen in, in, in our deepest struggles. 
Um, and I, I just think I've, I've, it's just like an observation that I feel like I've made that kind of I thought of as you were describing that is that sometimes like that. these spaces that we're so scared to go into actually do end up being some of our greatest like growth opportunities are just like there, there is a softening there, like sometimes on the other side of it. I love that. Well, I think the funny thing too, is like oftentimes when I'm in that messy middle, looking forward to the other end, Mm. I end up getting to the other end and looking back and being like, wow, I really loved that messy middle. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that actually was where it was at. And so I think, I mean, I've seen that of that, as you talked about the softening that often happens after you go through that cycle. But I think that also happens when you look back retroactively and are able to yeah. be like, oh, like these little moments yep. do matter. You know, there is life in that mess mm-hmm. um, and life that I treasure. I, I mean, I look back at some of the hardest moments of my life and I I feel almost like just so much compassion and almost gratitude yeah. to, to have been there, yes. even though it was horrible and I hated it in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's I, that's so beautiful. I, I, so I was just having this conversation also with a friend about how we were talking about it in the context of relationships. And I've, I know that my mind tends to attach to relationships and really, um, really make them extremely complicated. And, and I, hmm. I've, you know, get really, really preoccupied in my mind with like, is this the right person for me? And if, if this isn't the right person for me, like I'm, doing something wrong and the rest of my life is going to fall apart because this isn't the right person and on and on and on the re- you know, the noise goes. But what I've, what I've noticed is that I um, like thinking about one instance of somebody that I was dating where we were on like a, we were on a trip together and I remember being so uh, every moment it felt like of that trip. I was so in my head about this isn't the right person for me. I'm doing something wrong. Like I was anxious and like dizzy and just like anxiety was just at, you know, times 10 and it, and it really robbed me of fully being present for that moment. But then I, I remember months later looking back on that and being like, I would give anything to be back in that moment. Cause that was such a beautiful yeah. moment, you know, of like being present with that person. And why didn't I just let myself enjoy that, that for what it was and not, be so consumed with figuring out all, all the problems or the things that my mind was, was throwing at me. So, um, yeah. you know, just like a reminder to be present, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to, it's what, you know, we, we can't always just say that and have it happen. I think it's a practice, but totally. um, man, there's so much beauty in the present moment if we're just willing to open up to it. Well, I think there's courage in being present, like yeah. being you know, cause that means, I mean, there's so much of being present for me is releasing that uncertainty yeah. um, and letting things happen, you know, showing up, being in that moment mm-hmm. and again, validating those emotions I'm feeling, having self-compassion. That's a huge part of it. But I think there's so much courage that it takes to be present. Um, and I actually, I, so you do a whole lot with mindfulness and yoga and breath work, the refresh network, yeah. all those things I feel like have so much to do with being present. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, it's funny you talk about struggling to be present because I feel like you have such a calming and grounding presence every time mm-hmm. we've engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so curious what you feel like the role of vulnerability and courage is in regards to mindfulness. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's it could go a couple different ways with that. I think that number one, kind of like what I was saying before, I just think truly having the courage to like sit here in this moment. And if you're feeling sad, 
feel sad. If you're feeling yeah. happy, be happy. You know, if you're feeling confused, like feel confused. I think um, that takes courage to just truly, you know, be and experience what you're experiencing in this moment without attaching 75 different storylines on top of what you're experiencing and trying to analyze it. I think that's, to me, that, that's the goal of mindfulness. That's why I probably, that's why I, I, I am so drawn to that work is that, um, and that, you know, and, and that's really hard to do, right. When you especially are living with like diagnosable mental health conditions, like anxiety, right. it's our, it's really, it's really, really tough. But um, I, so, so I, I, I just think that's a courageous act to just sit in this moment and whatever's coming up, just honoring and recognizing that, um, and, and just kind of being really gentle with yourself, um, through whatever it is that you're experiencing in, in the here and now I talk about like gentleness all the time. I think that's one of the mm. biggest gifts that we can give ourselves is just be gentle, you know, really, really be gentle with yourself, with, um, whatever it is that we're, that we're going through. Yeah. Are there any times now that you can look back on times in your life and have more gentleness for yourself than you mm-hmm. do in the moment? Yeah. I, um, you know, where I've been really doing a lot of, um, I, I think a lot about like the young me, like the young Brian back when I was mm-hmm. in middle school or back when I was, you know, like a little kid, when I really started to struggle, I started struggling with anxiety. Um, and I feel like I always interchange the words anxiety and OCD all the time, yeah. but, but I started yeah. <laughs> really, really bad with my mental health. Um, when I was in middle school, I had a panic attack in the, in, in the lunchroom of my, of my school. I just moved to Fargo, North Dakota. And, and I had, I had no idea what I was going through. I mean, literally yeah. zero idea of what I was going through. And I, I went through a lot of, I kind of got teased a little bit during that period of my life. And, um, I think really started this trajectory of like in struggling a lot internally and not allowing myself to like outwardly express it, like just like suppressing a lot of like what I was going through. And um, I think about like that version of myself right now. And I try to send a lot of like gentleness, like his way, you know, cause that, cause that piece of me is still very much in there, you know, like that piece of me that feels like a fighter or that um, is you know, gets really overwhelmed with, um, anxiety going through my, my body. And I, and I get really scared about that still at the age of 35, you know, and that's, um, so I, I think that's something that I, I I look back on that all the time and just be like, like, I've got you, you know, like my, like the older Brian is kind of like being gentle with that, that younger version of myself. Yeah. Well, I think it helps anytime I externalize myself from the situation, I'm able to have that gentleness. Like when you're able to look back in the past, yeah. you can have more gentleness. When you're helping a friend, you can have more gentleness. And so when you're able to kind of like, you, like you talk about heal that part of yourself now and mm-hmm. all the parts of yourself now kind of almost, almost from an external perspective of looking back, um, that can be such a powerful way to validate where you're at and feel that self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, I, uh, that yet yeah, one thing that's been really helpful with that has been breath work. Um, that's like been one of the, the, the modalities that for me has really, really allowed me to like tap into things internally that I, I feel like, um, not even like yoga and meditation really were doing for me. It was really like, a. Hmm. I always kind of joke with people that I I've done years and years and years of therapy and it takes like 
I, I, I rarely cry in a therapy session. Like, I, I just feel like I, I'm not always like able to go there in a therapy session where I really like release emotionally. Um, and, and I'll, I'll lay down and do like a breathwork session and just be like bawling my eyes out after like a mm. like 10 or 15 minutes of doing breathwork. And so, um, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that we like build up over the years, you know, and like breathwork has been this tool for me of just, I think getting a lot of that stuff up and, and out of, um, out of my system in a way. Yeah. So I guess at what point in your journey, um, did you start to incorporate some of those mindfulness Mm -hmm. techniques? Like how did that all come about? So I, I went through, I I would say that I've always been, it's been a long, for a long time, I've been really drawn to that, um, that world of, um, Mm -hmm you know, mindfulness and even like spirituality and, and just holistic ways of, of maneuvering things. And I, I really dove into, into yoga back probably six years ago or so now. Um, I ran a marathon. So I, I, I did this, went through the, all the training to like run my first marathon and um, got super injured in the process. And I mean, I ended up finishing the marathon, which was like an awesome experience. But I, I came out of it with kind of being like, I never want to run again in my life. Um, hmm. and I, um, and I dove really deep into, into yoga. I, I joined a, a yoga studio here in Minneapolis and that was my main source of like movement and community for a number of years. And I went through yoga teacher training, uh, got trained to be a, a teacher through, through that studio. And it was, um, it was just such a transformative pro- like practice. I, I was kind of going through like a breakup at the time and I, I needed, um, I just, it was like a tool to really connect to myself. You know, I think, I think we look at yoga a lot of times as, as just like the, the physical practice and stretching and being flexible and all of those things. And truly at the essence, at, at the core and like the essence of what yoga is for me, at least is like a, it's a way to connect to, to me. It's like a way to like connect and yeah. like, you know, quiet the mind enough to the, at least momentarily to where I can like hear myself and who I truly am. And I had a lot of, had a lot of like, I think I self identity wrapped up in like my career, you know, I was a, yeah. you know, a news anchor in Minneapolis and you know, that comes sometimes with like, there's, there's, there's a lot of attention that can come with that. And, you know, a lot of external validation, which is, which is great. And is was very exciting for a long time, but I think I kind of didn't really know who I was beyond my career too. And I, and mm-hmm. I think all, all of these things, like I was just really drawn to a lot of these practices to like really be like, who am I? Like, who am I? Not who am I? Who is this version that's just trying to like always portray this very pulled together and perfect image to the world? Wow. That's so beautiful. All of that was so poetic. I just, Mm. I see so much little, so many little moments of courage in that because that's all of those are new things you're learning, new things you're incorporating as you're trying to, like you said, navigate who you are in a professional setting versus not in a professional setting trying to find that person um wow that's incredible oh thanks yeah it was it and it and it just kind of continues to take a life on a life of its own you know like i still um i'm actually really excited i'm about to start um teaching like a, a class here locally like a meditation that's really geared towards like uh people who struggle with their mental health and, and so i'm you know i'm oh still, still like road finding yeah road trip. come on let's go <laughs> We can do a live version of your uh, your podcast from the. Oh, so uh, fun! Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it just continues to be this thing that, um, I 
yeah, that I, I just find to be such an, an, an amazing tool in, in the toolkit of managing my mental health. You know, I, I, I know everybody's toolkit looks different and, and there's, there's things that work for some people and not for others, but I just know for me, meditation, yoga, just moving and breathing and that sort of thing has, has been, they continue to be one of some of my most powerful things that I do on a daily basis to just kind of ride the waves of life. Yes. Oh, I love that term, ride the wave. Mm, yes. I, yeah. Yeah. I want to get a tattoo actually at some point of like a wave. I love the, yes. the symbolism of a wave. Oh, totally. Oh, oh my gosh. We could talk about that for a whole. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, I kind of have kind of, I guess, one final question for you. I'm curious. um, Having this discussion, we kind of redefine this a lot of times. um, But what does courageous vulnerability look like to you in your own life? Like how there have been any moments where you felt like courageous vulnerability really change yep. things for you. Yep. Um, I think one of them was I I did an interview at Care 11 where I sat down and, and publicly shared my struggles with, with OCD and with mental health yeah. and anxiety. And that was, that was a moment of, of, you know, it didn't feel, I don't know. It, it felt, it just felt very much like the right thing to do, but it, it but that was a very vulnerable, I think, act that, yeah. Um, that that I think in and why I share that is that it it taught me so many lessons around when we take that step forward to say I'm struggling and I'm and hey I'm human over here like I'm going through a thing you know and, and having a hard time with something the number of people that I heard from and the number of people even just like in my life that I had never really gone there with around talking about mental health all of a sudden they're sharing things with me about yeah. what they're going through and what they've gone through. Many people I never would have, you know, I never would have guessed. And and so right. I think that's one example that I think I will always stick with me is that like, I, I just, you know, took a step to say like, Hey, this is something that I'm going through and it, and it gave other people permission to do the same. And, and so I, I, I love that, that dynamic of, you know, when, when we share, it gives other people around us the the permission to do the same. And I, and so I think that's, that's a big one. And I, and I, I don't know, I, I just like letting myself, I don't know if this really falls under that question, but just like letting myself be messy. Like, I, I think that's yeah. a good fact. Like I, I, I've always resonated with this idea of just, you know, show up before you're ready. Um, you know, it's, it's okay to feel off when you step out into the world. It's okay to feel like, because one something that I've that I've noticed a lot is that a lot of times when I get like a an OCD you know trigger or or I get like really um, kind of overtaken by like my mind and I get into those places, yeah, there's shame for sure, and that and that's super duper intense. And, and also, I think one of the things that I'm always scared of the most is how am I going to show up in the world in this space that I feel in now? Like, what are people going to mm-hmm. think of me? Right. While I'm feeling this way, like they're going to think I'm weird or they're going to think like, Oh, Brian seems off like that. Just that idea scares the heck out of me. And so mm-hmm. I think just, you know, re- reminding myself that it's, it's a courageous act to just feel in that space and still engage with the people in my life to the best of my ability and know that that doesn't have to look perfect. Yes. Wow. That was beautiful. That just <laughs> that just hit me right in my heart. I seriously, I love that. I remember 
in junior high one time feeling just all this panic and I came up with the phrase beautiful mess and it was such yes. a, it's kind of that same healing idea that you described there's beauty in that imperfection and wow. there's connection there like you said there's people who are able to connect to you who hadn't before who you yeah. would never reach that subject but they were they were ready and I'm sure that that didn't just impact them but impacted you and it was there's that mm -hmm. validation and like releasing that shame that's so incredible yes we're all we are all a beautiful mess you know, I mean, it's we just are. what we and, and that's not a bad thing, right? It's it's just the reality that we're um, there. There's there is so much beauty in the mess, and the mess is really hard, and it's really scary, and there's really dark times. But uh, it's just you know, let's just embrace the beautiful mess. I love that. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for coming on, Brian. That was so fun to talk to you. Mm. I I so value everything that you have to say and everything that you are, everything that you're putting out into the world and the changes you're looking to make both internally and externally to impact others. I think it's seriously incredible. I feel so honored to know you. Right back at you, my friend. This flew by. Thank you. It, conversation. <laughs> it flew by. Well, thank you again for tuning in, everyone. And thank you so much for being here, Brian. Thank you, my friend. Wasn't that incredible? I feel so lucky to get the chance to rub shoulders with Brian and have this podcast where we could talk. And I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on things like vulnerability and bravery and courage and the beautiful mess that we call life. So feel free to message me on Instagram at Tortilla Wilson, or you can send me a voice memo using the show notes. And we'll see you next time on No Things in Advance.